Good morning, Kincarta, and it's such a privilege and a joy to be with you. My name is Jason Small, and I serve at our uh, district office. I was with you about a year ago on uh, Easter, and so it's it's great to be back with you again. I know that you're in uh, transition right now with Senior Pastor. I want you to know as a district, we are praying for you. We're, we're uh, as a team of directors, we're, we're regularly lifting your church up to the Lord and asking God's best future over your church. It's a special place where you are at Kincardine. I know that uh, one of my best friends, his name is Blair Mercer. He's from Kincardine. He used to always tell me all the stories about Kincardine. And he'd always go to this place with, called the Three Bump where they would toboggan. And, and he's told me about all the restaurants that they were part of there and, and just all the great things about Kincardine. So I've heard all my, my uh, last 30 years about how great Kincardine is. And so it's uh, it, it's definitely holds a, a spot on my heart because of uh, hearing about it so much. And, and so just praying for you guys in this transition. And this morning, as I was uh, looking to share with you, just wanted to look at the idea of joy. We're in a season right now that's really tricky. We're in a season as we walk through lockdown measures, and I don't know how you're surviving the lockdown uh, in your context, but it's not easy. We just had this week uh, the, the, the Let's Talk Day and talk about mental health and, and the struggle that a lot of people are going through. It, it isn't an easy season. Today, I want to I wanna talk about the idea of joy in your life, even in the midst of, of challenging seasons and, and actually looking at our lives and saying, I'm going to take responsibility for the joy over my life. I don't know about you, but I sometimes get impatient with things. And one of the places that's easy to get impatient is Tim Horton's line. And, and where I used to live, we used to, you know, I would go in every morning to the Tim Hortons and and instead of going through drive-thru, I always like going in and making a connection with the people. And so I'd just kind of walk in and, you know, the line's fairly long, people. And I'd get so frustrated by the people that take a long time. It's like Tim Hortons, you know what your order should be. And the people that kind of, they have 10 minutes in line and then they get up to the counter and they're like, oh, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want. And so I would get frustrated. But, but as we went there, I started to develop a relationship with the one uh, person working there. And she was an elderly lady and, and she was kind of grumpy and, and she she would always be like a little barky at everybody. And, and so it was my goal every, every single day to try and make her laugh and every day to try and bring a little joy her way. Long story short, she ended up coming to our church and, and coming to faith. And, and I remember then going in to see her and, and there'd be the long line and I would come and, and she would greet me and she'd be always wanting to talk to me as her pastor. And she'd be like, pastor, pastor. And other people in line would get frustrated and she would, she would start barking at all of them and say, what are you doing? And I, and I remember talking about the idea of it's so important to take responsibility for our joy. It's so important to, you know, it's just little things like that. But, but the frustration that can set in in a Tim Hortons line is sometimes indicative of how we live our lives, that we're, we, we can lose our joy quickly. We can grow frustrated. We can grow angry. We can grow depressed. Someone said that the cycle of joy is this, it's, it, 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 or the cycle of disconnection from joy, I should say. It's disappointment and we're disappointed by something. Then it leads to discouragement and then it leads to a disconnectedness where we say, okay, I got to get away from everyone. Then it leads to feeling of defeat and then it leaves us feeling dry. So many times that cycle of, of loss of joy I've, I've seen lived out. Um, over my life, scripture talks about many people. Elijah, he, he got disappointed so much so that he says, I just want to die. I want to crawl under this broom tree and die. 
Jonah, uh, he, he once again became disappointed, defeated, disconnected from everything, and, and he sat under a fig tree. Same thing. He just, he, he, he just had it. He lost his joy. We see others, Saul, who, who easily would lose his joy in the journey, and Samson, and, and so many other situations in Scripture where people would lose their joy. Someone said spiritual maturity is measured by what it takes to steal our joy. That when we actually walk in the fullness of what God has for us, we, we can have a joy that's, that, 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 that's rooted deep in who God's called us to be. Well, if you have your Bibles with you as you watch this this morning, uh, Acts chapter 16, it speaks of this story of joy. And we pick it up at verse 22. Just to set the context, Paul and Silas are just trying to do what God's called them to do. They're, they're living out their, their journey. They're living out their mission and their call. And <clears throat> how many know that sometimes when you're living out God's best, it doesn't always lead to easy things. Sometimes we have it confused and we say, well, you know, if you live out what God's called you to do, everything in your life's going to be simple. Well, we read this story. It's not always so simple. So Paul and Silas, they're living out and it, 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 the magistrates got up, upset with what was going on and they actually took them in, arrested them and ordered them to be stripped and beaten. And then it says in verse 23 that they'd been severely flogged, not just a little bit flogged, severely flogged. Can you imagine being severely flogged for your faith in Christ? And then it said they were thrown into the deepest part of the prison. I don't know how many times you've been in prison, hopefully not a lot of times in prison, but, but I've been in some third world country prisons before and some, some desperate places. These are not nice places to be. Imagine for a second, they've, they've been beaten and whipped and they've thrown into a, a muddy, wet, dingy cell in the deepest part. Usually they were a cave back in those days into the deepest part of this. And they're in the inner circle fastened with stocks around their hands and feet. Talk about a place of desperation. And this is because of their faith in Christ. This is because they're, they're living out what God's called them to do. And it, it says in this verse 25, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Like they weren't whining and complaining and saying, Woe is me. Look at what's happened to me. This is awful. Instead, they were singing praise and hymns. About midnight. It says the other prisoners were listening to them. I, I don't know about you, your first night in prison, all of a sudden you decide to have a hymn sing and, and kind of go for it. Like this is crazy, crazy, just total bonkers story. And, and, and so it said at that moment, an earthquake began to shake the prison cell and all at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. It said the jailer woke up and, and, and saw the prison doors and he drew his sword. He was about to kill himself. This is the desperation time. We, we read this kind of paradox. So here's Paul and Silas who should have no joy in prison and yet they're walking in joy. And then here's the prison guard who has all authority and, and all power and, and wealth and all that. And he's freaked out by the situation. He's about to take his own life. And says, but Paul, instead of Paul saying, yeah, this is the guy that just beat me hours earlier. This is the guy that flogged me. He actually shouted to him, don't harm yourself. We're all here. Now that's a miracle. None of the prisoners left. They knew that there was a God moment in this. Jailer called for his lights and he rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Verse 32. And then they spoke the word of them, the word of the Lord to his house and to others. And the jailer actually, it said, it was at that hour of the night, the jailer washed their wounds. And then immediately he, he and his family were baptized. He took them back to his house. 
Now, I don't know about you, but my wife, if I brought uh, people back, you know, this is probably two, three o'clock in the morning by this time. If I brought uh, people from the prison back to my house and said, hey, you got to hear what these guys have to say. My wife would be like, not exactly impressed about that. Hear these guys, they bring them back and, and they listen. Now put this in context, just hours early, they were flogging and beating them. Then they invite them into their home. And then this guy that was about to commit suicide surrenders his life to the Lord and then is baptized. And then it says this, he was filled with joy because he'd come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Look at this, this guy that was momentarily about to commit suicide just hours earlier is now filled with overflowing joy. What happens? How does that happen? And, and how do we walk in joy like that? Well, I want to bring you a couple of verses before I look into the, the word. Acts 2.28 says this, You've made known to me the paths of life. You fill me with joy in your presence. Isn't that incredible? That God says actually in his presence, he fills us with joy. John 15.11, Jesus said to his disciples, These things I've spoken to you that my joy. In other words, that he is the author of joy, that the Lord is the, the prince and the, and, and, and the ruler of joy. It says, My joy will remain in you and your joy may be full. That as we walk with Christ, it says that we can experience a a different kind of joy. Romans 15, 13 says, I pray that the God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with all joy because you trust in him. Then you'll overflow with confident hope through the power of the spirit. It says that, that actually as we trust in the Lord, our joy will be filled to overflowing. And then the outflow of that is confidence in our lives. Wild. So how do we take responsibility for our joy? Uh, looking at Paul and Silas's uh, example here in scripture, I want to give you a couple things uh, real quick, hopefully real quick this morning on how we can walk in that kind of joy. The first one is number one is we need God's presence in our lives. Psalm 1611 says, in your presence, I find joy. It's fullness of joy. That actually, as we invite God's presence into the situation, Paul and Silas, they could have said, ah, you know, God, we're trying to do your work and it hasn't turned out the way that we want it. God, we're trying to live for you and it just hasn't worked out the way that we anticipated things going. Instead, they chose to invite God's presence into their situation. Think about it for a minute. They're in stocks and chains. They've been beaten, abused. They've lost all their, they've been stripped naked and public. And yet, They chose to worship God and invite God's presence. I want to encourage you, church, that when you go through hard times to invite God's presence into the situation. Scripture says that he inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, when we invite the, when we begin to worship and we invite God's presence into our lives, that that, that he sets up there. What are you going through right now in your situation? What, what's your journey going through? Uh, I, I want to encourage you in the midst of lockdown. I know things are difficult. I can imagine just family situations and dynamics. I got teenagers at home, one in university, one in, in, in high school, all trying to be on Zoom and my wife on Zoom and me on Zoom. And it, it gets difficult. In the midst of those moments, I encourage you to set a an idea of worship in your home and begin to worship. 
I know my wife each morning, it's just trying to create a cultivated environment. God, we need your presence. We're just going to start the day worshiping you. God, we're going to look our eyes, Psalm 121, our eyes to the hills. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord. Begin to worship. And and even in the hardest of moments, when you totally don't feel like it, I encourage you and challenge you, start with God's presence. If you want to take responsibility for your joy, just invite God's presence through worship and, and, and seeking him. Paul and Silas, everyone would have given them a pass if they didn't want to worship right then. Everyone would have given them a pass if they didn't want to have like, you know, a sing-song worship night. But they just went for it anyways, and God showed up in the midst. At our at my home church here uh, that I attend, they do a worship night once a month, and it's just called Pause. And for me, it's actually the, the, the most important uh, service of the month to attend. I just, as I get there, it's like all of a sudden things just reset. It's like you invite God's presence in in a new way. I encourage you, set, set a tone of worship. If you're watching the service online, don't just watch the worship, but actually worship God and, and seek him, seek, it, seek his presence. God's presence, number one, if we're gonna take responsibility for our joy. Number two is we have to love radically. I love how Paul doesn't, and Silas, they don't carry on bitterness. Everyone would have given them a pass. If, if the jailer was about to take his own life, they were like, yeah, you're getting your just desserts. This is what you deserve. Look at you beat and abused an innocent person, just someone that was living out what God's called them to. And, but he doesn't do that. All of the prisoners, Paul, Paul speaks to them and, and, you know, he could have, he loves radically. Think of the moment here. Paul's sitting there having a meal with the very guy that beat and abused him hours earlier. We live in an outrage culture. We live in a culture that's mad about everything and, and they, they, they show their passion by being angry. In a world where there's building walls and, and, and things that divide us and people that even are mad at the people that build walls, build walls around those people. I wanna encourage you to love radically people that have a different political view than you, people that have a different view of, of COVID and how to live that out and people that have a different view of lockdown, people that have a different view of all these different things. What would happen if you just said, you know what, I'm gonna just love people radically. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at the story differently. Romans 12, 18 says this, if it's at all possible, as much as it lies within you, live peaceably with all people. Forgive Set love as a priority over your life. Go above and beyond. Have a graciousness about you. If you want to take responsibility for your joy, I want to tell you bitterness and anger zaps it every time. Begin to show grace. Start with God's presence in in an attitude of worship. Then begin to, to just love radically, like just take away all the bitterness and, and, and give forgiveness. And then third is have the right attitude. Paul and Silas had this attitude that they were going to, they were just not going to let things defeat them. They were going to, they were, they were going to be atypical of the masses. When I talk to people these days, everyone's just like, oh, things are so bad. And, and they just, they begin to just tell me about how, and I don't want to minimize what people are going through. Don't misunderstand me. But I want to have an attitude that goes above and beyond. I want to have an attitude that, that says, you know what? It doesn't matter what I'm going through. It, 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 I'm going to choose joy in the midst of it. Mercenaries rarely walk in joy. I, I want to challenge you that you say, Lord, I'm going to look for areas to, to walk and have a good attitude. 
in the midst of this. I'm going to count my blessings on a daily basis. I believe celebration is contagious. That when we begin and say, okay, I'm going to walk in joy, it actually impacts those around. Conversely, I think when we get down, it, 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 it actually affects those around us as well. Are you saying, God, I'm going to choose this attitude? I'm going to choose. See, I find the more aware of God's presence I am, the less worried I am of what anyone thinks of me, the less worried of, of my other surroundings. If I'm just tuned in and say, God, I'm going to choose your attitude over these things. I remember a couple of years ago, I was driving uh, to a, a service. At, it was actually Mother's Day, and I had to go up to a church and deal with a situation. And, and, and it was a long drive. It was a long, long drive. It was a 10-hour drive. And, and I had to go drive almost through the night on the Saturday night to deal with the situation. And, and to be honest with you, I had plans the next day. And so I was kind of grumpy. I didn't want to be there. And, you know, it's not the right thing for a pastor to say, but it's true. I was, I was just kind of in a bad mood. And so I uh, finished the service and had to deal with some, some people people who were fighting about things they shouldn't be fighting about some immaturity and you know all that kind of stuff so dealt with it and I was on my way home and I was I was there driving along and I was complaining to God the whole way home and I was like you know I had to deal with this and I was I was just you know having a pity party for myself and just whining and complaining and and as I was on this road this is in northern Ontario in the middle of nowhere and and all of a sudden my car started to make this funny noise and I was like oh that's not good and so I thought I'm just going to turn the radio up higher and you know ignore the noise la 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 don't pretend it's not there and so so I'm driving along and, and the noise gets louder and louder and louder. And I'm like, oh no, like there's, I'm in, I'm literally, I'm two hours from the nearest anything store, like the, from the gas station, anything. And I was like, oh no, this is not the place to break down. And, and as I'm driving along, all of a sudden flames started shooting out of the hood of my, my, uh, my, my little Ford escape. And I was like, no, this is not good. So I pull off to the side of the road and trying to get the fire out in the, in the engine compartment and used, I had some water bottles and I was pouring on, had my coat and I put on it and, and sure enough, I got the fire out, but then I'm on the side of the road in nowheresville. Like I'm so far from anybody. And I was so upset and I looked on my phone to see if I had any uh, bars of service. And of course, there's no bars of service. And so I was like, okay, what am I going to do? So I climbed up to this. Uh, I was like that guy in the commercial, you know, looking for a signal, you know, do you hear me now? Do you hear me now? And finally, I got CAA on the phone and they said, okay, we're going to send someone out. And they said, it's going to be, you know, probably a couple hours. And I thought, oh, that's actually decent. And then they, then they called back just a moment later and said, it's actually going to be six hours before we get somebody there. So I was on the side of the road and, and it was in early May. And so the black flies were intense and, and, you know, just sitting there, my car was like in charred and, and it was just not a good day. And I was complaining to the Lord the whole time. Finally, the tow truck driver came to pick me up and we got on and, and, and he said, okay, well, you're going to sit in the, in this passenger seat while we, we drive. But he said, unfortunately the seat's broken. And so I'm like, sure it is, you know? And so then I'm sitting on this broken seat and, and I'm complaining to the Lord. And he said, his air conditioning's not working. Sure it is. And so we're, we're driving along. I'm just grumbly. And he looks at me and he's trying to make small talk and I'm just in a bad mood. And so finally, as we're driving, he's like, you know, he said, so what do you do for a job? And I was like, Oh, I got to answer this. And so then I'm, I'm like, well, uh, I'm a pastor. And he's like, oh, he said, I don't usually think pastors should be as grumpy as you are today. And I was like, oh, you know, and, and it was like the Lord spoke to me. My attitude was so wrong. Long story short, finally, it was like, 
God got through to me and I, I began to tune in this guy and, and repent to the Lord of, of my bad attitude. And on that journey, this tow truck driver ended up spilling his whole life story. And I was able to pray with him and, and, and share truth with him. And it was like, God actually had me on purpose that whole time, even though my attitude was wrong. You know, in your life, how many times do we have the wrong attitude about things? How many times do we get grumpy and say, God, it's not working out the way I anticipated. God, it's not what I wanted to be doing. God, it's unfair. God, it's not the way it should work. And God says, okay, maybe so. But in the midst of it, I can bring beauty from the ashes. I can take something amazing. Lockdown's not fun. It's, it's a tough season. But I want to tell you that God can bring beautiful things throughout this and, and, and change the situation. If our attitude will just lend it to say, okay, God, I'm going to keep seeking you. Paul and Silas, everybody would have given them a pass at midnight, but they just decided to seek the Lord in the midst of it. I want to encourage you, if you want to take responsibility for your joy, look to the Lord and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to seek your presence, number one. I'm going, to, I'm going to invite your presence in through worship. Number two, I'm going to love others and just show grace. I'm going to have the right attitude. And then finally, I want to encourage you to be daring in your call. Paul goes over to the house of the jailer. He goes over and lives out his call in such a a radical way. I want to tell you that when you serve the Lord and you say, God, I'm going to trust you, that your journey and your calling will never be boring. Paul and Silas, they were living it out full tilt. And I want to tell you that during this lockdown COVID time, God's creating new creative avenues and doors of ministry. That there's new ways that you can explore to reach out to those around you. That, that, that you can uh, say, God, okay, what do you have for my mission right now during this COVID time? This week, I was talking with one of uh, one of the things I do with our district is look after new churches and and get to see churches planted. And I was talking with one of our pastors. His name's Ahmad, and he's an Afghani guy. And he was telling me a story about you know coming to faith in Christ and and the journey of that, and then uh, resistance and and actually the Taliban coming in and an underground service and and violence happening, and him having to run for his life. And and actually, in the middle of the night, they they smuggled their way in through. In, into India to save his family's life. And, and I was like, How, what was that like? You know, what, what was going on through that? And he said, you know, he said, God showed up in the midst of the hard moments. He said, and gave us such a, a window to minister to people. And I thought, who would have that kind of attitude, you know? I don't think you've probably gone through what Ahmad's gone through, but what have you gone through that you could say, you know what, in the midst of the hardest times, God, I'm going to depend on you that you're going to open up missional opportunities in my life. I want to tell you when you live with that and when you live on purpose and say, okay, today I might be in lockdown, but today God just might open up a door that, that would otherwise be closed in my life. There's probably no other way that, 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 that the truth of Jesus would have got through to this jailer other than the circumstances that took place. And Paul and Silas, they saw the missional opportunity in the midst of challenge. And it led to even a greater joy. I love how the Lord plays this mix on joy here. They, they come in in a position where they shouldn't have joy and they have joy. And then here's this, this jailer who's about to take his life with the truth of God comes over him and then he's filled with joy. Circumstances of 2021 would probably lead to say, this is not going to be the year of joy. But I want to actually change that narrative over your life and speak joy over you. 
as you're in the midst of a transition uh, pastorally as a church, I want to speak joy over your house and, and believe for great days ahead. You're, you have so much opportunity ahead, and I believe God's going to bring a great leader to your, fellowship, to your church family and to that fellowship there. I want to challenge you as we go into this season to, to, to seek God's presence, to, to, to worship him, to love radically in what you do, to have the right attitude and to be daring in your call. John 10, 10 says this, the thief comes only to rob, steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you have life and life to the full. I pray that this would be a season of life and life to the full, that you would walk in the fullness of joy that has, God has for you. Great days are ahead, even though I know it's hard, even though I know it's challenging, that the Lord will be with you. Can we pray? Mighty God, I just pray right now over the harbor, over, over Kincardine uh, as a whole, and I just lift up their people to you, Lord. God, I pray that you'd be with them over this season. I pray, God, that you would show up in this season, just like you did with, with Paul and Silas, in, in unexpected kind of unique ways. God, I pray that they would press in and worship and Lord, and experience, God, your presence as a result. Lord, that they would choose to, to show a lot of grace to those around them and, and Lord, and, and, and not to carry the bitterness and weight of, of unforgiveness. Lord, that they would choose an attitude that, that is going to look to you in, in situations and, and even in the hardships, even in the hard moments, Lord. And that they would look for opportunities to live out their call even in this challenging season and be daring in their call. So Lord, I just pray over them today. I pray over the church, God, as we're having this online service during lockdown, Lord, that you would just be with each family and each individual, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for allowing me to be with you today. Go in God's grace and his peace. Amen.